Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And this week, we've got an episode brought to you by Velocity. We're looking at investor cash flow and when will it be positive again? Okay, Velocity has hit us with another one, Mike. Really, really interesting data. Mm. So we're at 7% interest rates. It's been a cool winter. I'm chilly. I don't know what we're doing in these t-shirts because I am chilly. I'm ready for it to heat up. I'm ready for positive cash flows. So Velocity's hit us with all the numbers on when it'll be sunny again. Yeah. So when we're looking at investment properties, uh, you know, we've got a lot of costs, high transaction costs. They cost this much. We get this yield and all of these sorts of numbers are flying around when we're analyzing things. But the big thing for property investors at the moment is that they are having to top up the costs and the interest costs on these uh, properties just to kind of maintain the status quo. So if I can, let me just give you a quick 101 on investment property in 2023. So most of our clients are looking to buy an investment property. We're like, hey, buy an $800,000 new, $800, new build in Auckland for tax deductibility. So let's say you get 5% capital gains on average over the long term. Mm -hmm. That's $40,000 in capital gains. But with 7% interest rates, with rising rates, rising insurance, you're having to top it up about $20,000 a year. The math on it is still really good though. You put $20,000 down, you get $40,000 in return, 100% return on your money. Sounds like a scam, Mike, but it's just borrowing the bank's money to do it. What would make this even better though, is I didn't have to give $20,000 in the first place. Yeah, so there's a number of kind of factors that uh, I guess are the cause for this. And it's not just the interest cost, uh, you know, it's also the rates on the property. Uh, we've seen some quite phenomenal rate rises uh, recently. Insurance, you know, natural disasters generally bump uh, insurance premiums. So they've been coming up a bit as well. And then home maintenance as well. So it's a number of costs that kind of all rolled into one. Now, I'm not even talking about the tax deductibility piece here as well, which is another thing. Yeah, don't you? And I mean, rates rates on top of that, right? Which kind of does roll a little bit into the natural disasters, also just links in with wasteful council spending. Uh, but let's talk about interest rates first, Mike. So we've yeah. got those kind of key factors that are um, impacting us having to top up property a lot. Let's talk about interest rates. So it's mid, let me take you back, right? I want, you, I want you to really think about how good it was. It was mid 2021. We call that the new normal. That was that time period. <laughs> yeah. Interest rates were at 2.2%. I even think there was a 1.9%. Yeah. There was the opportunity to fix for five years at 3%, but no fool wanted that because they wanted 1.9% for um, 12 months. I've seen the most phenomenal piece of advice given ever written down. A customer came to me just to, we're looking at refixing this, restructuring their mortgage. Um, the financial advisor, the mortgage advisor, literally wrote, these rates are the new normal and will stick around for a long time. We are fixing short to maximize the amount of savings you will make. And like, don't get me wrong, hindsight 2020, but you're just looking at it and you're like, did you just leave school? Like, what is going? Have you ever seen? Do you know what a business cycle is? I hope the FMA went for them. That's that's criminal. I mean, you look well, at you look I, at a long term graph, yeah. of what's happened with interest it's, rates. I, it's it's incompetent. Mm. You know, you've got to hit minimum competency, and arguably, you could say in a case that Reckless. they didn't hit minimum competency standards. Yep. But if they genuinely believe that, they're just an idiot. Anyway, so two point two percent. A lot of things happening at that time. Life was good. Everyone had FOMO. We thought property prices would fall through the floor with COVID. They went the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Mike, 
Where are we at the moment? We were at 2.2. Where are we now? Yeah, look, so we're sitting around 7%, 7.2% for your average interest rate across the board. Um, so, you know, uh, basically tripled. Um, what? Yeah, so for all of those who fix really short on those new normal interest rates, they are now feeling some pain. And that is especially prevalent for investments and investment properties. Yeah, and I think a lot of people we've spoken to who are in a lot of pain at the moment are the ones that planned. We were actually sitting down with a client, really good client this week who had sold their home, bought the bigger family home, the next step was buy buy an investment property. And she was talking about how her brother bought an investment property in mid 2021 Mm. and now their cash flow is completely screwed. Yeah, And all of those cases are they planned their lives off 2% interest rates. Yeah, and the other thing you got to remember about that time is you know, during a boom market, everyone's like, give me the thing. I just want more property, Michael. I don't care how you get it. Yeah. Get it for me. Shut up and give me the money. Yeah, so you end up buying at the top of the market and these like, you know, what now is a $750,000, $740,000 property, you're buying at eight nine nine. Yeah. You know, $900,000, um, $1.04 million for a two-bedroom townhouse and upper hut. Um, you know, so you you just like give me the thing. So it's not just the the high interest rates, but it's the high debt load as well, and that debt to income ratio is just being thrown out of it. Yeah, and if we bring up our first graph from um, Velocity, the first one's going from Jan 2019 with a uh, median investor purchase price of about 500k, what a rising run. all the way to October 2021, about 930, 940,000. Yeah. And then, so we're at the lowest interest rates at that point. People are running, yep. trying to get money off Mike, chasing him down in the street. And this is a perfect example of what I just said about give me the thing at the top of the market. Yep. Uh, and that kind of, everyone loves to be like, oh, counter-cyclical investing, you know, when buy low, sell high. Human nature is not that, mm-hmm. you know? And this is really clearly kind of um, shown here as well, right? So you can see October 2021 peak market, People are going out, investors are buying investment properties at the top of the market, hand over fist. Um, and then we've started to see, yep, the good times are stopping, you know, prices are falling, we're running out of equity, and those interest rates are increasing. Inflation's high. And the I, I guess the thing to kind of look at here from a from a um a perspective of investment property specifically is with any other business, basically, when costs increase you can kind of increase your price of what you're selling to match those costs, to try and maintain some margin. It is not always that easy with a rental property to increase your rent as quickly as your incre- as your costs are increasing. Mm. So you're getting caught in this situation, if we flick to our next graph here, where you're looking at the mortgage rate and the weekly repayment, that weekly repayment on your mortgage is by far the biggest cost for the investment property. And you are not able to increase your rent at the same clip as your interest rates are going up you know and for an investors who entered the market um uh kind of let's say 2021 those repayments are basically doubling over the next two years rate um you know rents have not doubled over that same period so that means you can't pass on your costs you are having to top up and eat some of that yeah april 2021 <laughs> Uh, the average weekly repayment was $400 a week mm. and current day it's $1,000 a week. Holy moly, you roll on top of that interest deductibility getting phased out, which can have huge yeah. cash flow implications for investors. It's no surprising that uh, this week it came out that Auckland was the 
third most expensive city in the world to rent. Yeah. Compared with, I think it was it was either Singapore or Hong Kong and um, Sydney. Mm-hmm. The difference is you don't have the same opportunities in Auckland compared to those other cities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, really, really interesting numbers. Uh, if we move on, the other piece is it's not just interest costs. Don't know if you know, but the world's getting a little bit warmer. It's a bit pricey. Yeah, which means that there are more natural disasters uh, coming, which everybody with a yeah, cliff-top so property has seen oh, recently. Absolutely right. So you've got, I mean, recently we've had the flooding, the rains, Gisborne, the East Coast, but Auckland, you know, anything kind of, anyone on the East Coast of the North Island is basically having their, you know, the land eaten away under their cliff-top properties. Um, you know, you've got an entire town in Iceland at the moment, which is now going to be uninhabitable because there's like, there are set for now a hundred years of volcanoes underneath their town. So having to shift an entire city, basically like natural disasters are popping up more and more and more, and it's getting very tricky. So what happens when natural disasters come and you think, oh, that's all right. Those blokes at AA insurance over there, they've got my back. Yeah, I, I, I know it's coming, but so do they. And, and they've got me. Yeah, don't worry. They might insure you the first time, but then the second time round, some actuary sitting out the back of their office, they open the door, let the sunlight on him for a couple of minutes. He warms up <sighs> and he goes, increase those premiums. Yeah. And they shut him back in the yeah. cage. And increase them substantially. Yeah. And if we look at the graph in terms of cost of natural disasters, Mike, based on my numbers, that on the axis on the left-hand side mm. starts with a B, yeah. billions, $4 billion of was the cost of natural disasters, the natural disaster in terms of the flooding in 2023. Yep. Move back to 2016 around the earthquake, two and a half billion dollars. Yep. Significant. I mean, insurance companies are making a profit, right? Hopefully mm. everybody's worked that out by now. Yeah. They're not just going to pay out all this money without maintaining their margin, which means they're going to increase um, the cost. And dwelling insurance rose by 21.2% in 12 months of September, 2023, which is a significant jump. Yeah, it's huge. And then- so on top of that, one of the other kind of costs that people have to factor in is the rates, right? So, you know, councils, you know, traditionally not the best at balancing the budget. Um, all we seem to hear about is they're cutting this and they're cutting this and now you can't have this. And we're putting another cycle in because we hate cars. Well, councils have to take revenue. And the, one of the kind of main ways that they take in revenue is the rates, right? Mm. So owners and property owners, countrywide have seen a very sharp increase in rates you know oh, for for some time now and i think i saw an article the other day where uh wellington is expecting a 12.5 percent rate increase uh this year so a phenomenal increase and you know it's been 9.6 percent over the last 12 months up to september 23 uh seven percent the problem uh the 12 months prior uh, and then three three percent increase the 12 months before that so i mean you look at q2 20 2017, which rates on average were $1,000, and then you move it to current day, um, or over, it's like four, nearly $1,500. Mm. That is a 50% jump in rates. Absolutely. So we've given you the history. We've given you the what's going on. We've given you the what do we need to focus on and what's important with the costs. The question is, baby, come back. When am I going to get positive cash flow? Yeah. Mike. I mean, surely it's just time until we start seeing greens instead of reds. So when we're looking at those key things that influence what makes a, uh, an investment property cash flow positive or cash flow negative, basically there's four key pieces there and only one of them is ever likely to decrease again. 
Okay. Which one does it make? And that is the interest rates. Right. So basically, you know, councils are never going to turn around and go, you know what, James? Guys, we had a great year this year. We're going to decrease your rates by 12%. It ain't going to happen. An insurance company is never going to turn around and be like, hey, guys, we might increase, we de- decrease your premiums a little bit just because we're feeling good, you know? But a bit of charity given back. Yeah. But the one thing that will decrease again is interest rates. If we look at long-term business cycles and interest rate cycles, it is just up, down over five, seven, eight, kind of eight years. It's been a bit more stretched out last time. So we will start to see interest rates dropping again. There are signs that we're at the peak. Wholesale um, cost of funds is coming oh, down a little bit. Here we go. Swap rates. Yeah. Wholesale cost of funds is coming down a little bit. Banks are keeping the interest rates higher to maintain a bit of margin because you know that's what they do. However, if we're looking at the graph flow, uh, the graph here around kind of cash flow positive properties uh, around certain regions in New Zealand, basically you can see here at the left hand side of the graph around that two point five percent interest rate. So that was that you know super low sugar high money that we had around 2020-2021. Almost one hundred percent of properties are basically cash flow positive, right? And and we talked about before people running their numbers on two point five percent interest and planning forever, and we can very clearly see here that. Where we're at at the moment, that 7%, uh-oh, not looking like much is positive there. So the obvious question, Mike, is 2.5% realistic? No. So I don't think 2.5% is realistic again. Can I say please? You can say please all you want, but I don't think 2.5% is realistic <sighs> again. So I think uh, a low interest rate going forwards for New Zealand is 3.5%. Oh, maybe that. maybe under 3 and a slightly under 3.5% would be fine, but I think you're probably looking anywhere between sort of 35 to 4.5% is probably a a normal long-term cheap do you think do you, cheap interest oh, cheap. rate where, yeah. do you, where do you think not cheap but where do you think five it five yeah i think five yeah. i think a long-term interest rate of five percent going forwards is probably a new normal yeah. maybe a shade under but i would say that kind of 3.5 to 4.5 is a cheap interest rate and that's the interesting thing right so i agree i think you know you go five percent on average over the long term if you run the numbers on that and we look at the graph Otago, you've got just under 40% of properties are cash flow, positive. <laughs> Auckland's sweet nothing. Mm. The average in New- um, in Canterbury, it's barely anything as well. It's sub 5%. Uh, the, the number where you see across New Zealand where properties start to, you know, say 40% of properties become cash flow positive is somewhere around 4.2%, right? That's yep. where it starts to look pretty sweet. Yeah. So if we're looking at all of this and we're thinking, okay, I've got investment properties, what should I be doing? Well, obviously speak to a financial advisor, run the math, think about, you know, how much am I topping up? What is the expected return? Like James said before, sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm tipping in 20 grand a year on this thing, but actually I'm making 36, 40K in capital gains in some instances. So, you know, that's a lot of return on your money. If you're thinking about when do I buy an investment property, we are always saying that, look, trying to time the market is a fool's game. Good times don't last forever. Bad, bad times don't last forever. Are bad people s- do. Bad people do. <laughs> uh, you know, high interest rates don't last forever. But if you think about now and where we're at in the property cycle, there are, and this is not financial advice. This is just uh, information that I'm putting out there in my own thoughts. Um, so if you think about it now and I thought, okay, let's say I think interest rates are going to come down to 5% over the next you know, 12, 18 months, and that they'll come down further beyond that, the property market is back 10, 15%, you know, 20% in some places. I might be thinking, actually, now is the time to get in because I know that I will have higher costs for the next 12, 24 months, but I will be getting the property at a discount 
And then after that, I'll get back into some cheap interest rates and I can fix long from there. The, the thing this graph doesn't say as well, right? So we're talking about what percentage of properties are cash flow positive and you might go sub 5%, you know, pretty much nothing in Auckland or nothing in New Zealand at 5% is cash flow positive. The question is though, what is the top up requirement yeah. and how that's going to, how is that going to change? And I'm not, the thing I'm not sure about this data as well is how, you know, national saying 2026, they'll bring back interest deductibility. I'm assuming this data assumes there's no interest deductibility. I'm not sure. But if yours, my example right at the start, right? Uh, you buy a property for $800,000. 5% capital gain long term, you're making 40 grand a year, but the top up at 7% interest rates, $20,000 a year. Yeah. The top up might turn to five, seven, ten thousand $10,000 of interest rates with 5%, which is a material difference yeah. with your return on money. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what do we always say, right? Trying to time the market, not a good thing. Compounding returns over the long term, buying assets and holding them. Time will fix most bad investment decisions. I say most, thanks to everyone out there who's got an NFT. Um, but <laughs> Losers. Yeah, like at the end of the day, you know, it's about running the numbers. Can I afford this property? Can I buy now? Is it worth me getting on the property ladder? In most instances, yes. Have a chat to someone about it. Get some professional advice. They will be able to run you through exactly what you need to look for. And if all else fails, buy in Gisborne because my God, those yields are amazing. They are beautiful. And to my NFT community, I would like to take this time to apologize to absolutely nobody. We will catch you next time. Please subscri subscribe, review, and give us a like. Cheers.